Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olaomi Brigway, a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, where we are teaching and equipping women who have a burning desire for significance to create an exceptionally successful and fulfilling life without burnout or stress. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. My mission is to teach others to experience the same. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, we have only one goal teach and empower Christians to take full advantage of their rights and privileges in Christ so they can build exceptionally successful lives. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Olaomi and welcome back to the podcast. It's always a pleasure, always a pleasure for me to bring you these episodes and it's a greater pleasure to know that people are tuning in week in, week out and actually are finding what I'm putting out there useful. (laughs) I, I mean, it's an honor. I really do consider it an honor. Thank you very much for being a part of the podcast. If you're a regular listener and you are liking what you're hearing, can I ask a quick favor for you to leave us a rating and even a step further, a review on iTunes, on iTunes. I say iTunes because I'm not really sure all the other platforms actually allow you to do that. But iTunes definitely and a very significant percentage of our listeners actually listen on iTunes or iPhone, etc. So please do that for us. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. And if you're not on iTunes, if you're not an iPhone user, then you can definitely send me a, a DM on Instagram, allow me breakway or email me at contact at allowmebrigway.com. We can still use that testimonial on our website and in our promo for the podcast. Whichever way you look at it, you can still help by giving us a rating, a review or a testimonial. Also, before I go on to talk about today's episode, this is an announcement that GEMS 12-week transformational coaching program is now open for enrollment. GEMS is literally what transformed my life. And it has gone on to transform the lives of several people. And I'm eternally grateful to God. When I look back at my life at the deepest, darkest season of my life, when I look back now, I look back with such gratitude 
profound gratitude because I've had I not gone through what I went through back then, things like gems, things I've been able to help people, things I've been able to bring people out of the hole that they have found themselves in, the way I found myself in a hole back then. It would not happen. I would not be living the life that I'm living today. I would not be doing what I'm doing today, including this podcast, had I not gone through that deep, dark season of my life. So I'm truly grateful for it. God has truly turned my shame into double honor and double prosperity. And GEMS is the blueprint that helped me come out of that because I remember about two or three years after I'd experienced that seriously miraculous season in my life, everything went sort of dull and dry again. And I was like, oh God, come and do it again now, the way you did did it back then, etc. And God was like, you think of me, I like wasted energy like that. (laughs) I created a tree and then put the seed inside the fruits so that you can always reproduce. That is how I create things. I don't create every tree from scratch. And he said, go back to that season of your life and go and meditate, document it, create a blueprint out of it. And that is what you're going to use to replicate miracles in your life. And that's exactly what I did. Before I even ever introduced it, before it became quote unquote gems, it was just a system. I knew exactly step one, step two, step three, a very practical system that I knew that every time I entered into a dry season of my life and I wanted a breakthrough to the next season, I would literally engage that blueprint. It was when God now started speaking to me about going into business and then I stumbled into coaching that I now realized that, oh, okay, this is the next assignment of my life to begin to teach this to people so that they always have the blueprint for supernatural breakthroughs in their life. So GEMS is open for enrollment. We only open it up once a year. So if it closes or when it closes, that's it for at least a year. So you can go into the show notes of this episode. The link will be there for you to access. If you also follow me on Instagram, then you can do to allow me Brigway, which is my page. It will be there in my bio. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me or to send me an email. Okay, so now that the announcements are out of the way, I can get into what I want to talk about today, which I'm very, 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 very excited about. It is something that I've practiced for several years. And it is the reason why when I tell people that I'm not busy, I'm not busy, I'm not overworked, I'm overwhelmed by anything, by even though I'm doing a lot, even though I have so many responsibilities, I'm not overworked, I'm not overwhelmed, any of those things. As in people, I'll be like, why didn't you, something would happen to someone that is close to me and they would not call me until I hear later. And then I'll be like, why didn't you tell me early? They'll be like, I didn't didn't want to disturb you. I didn't want to, I'm like, disturb me, oh, because me, I'm not busy. (laughs) Disturb me, well. I mean, the perception that you are this, you 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 run a business, you run a team, an organization, you are a pastor, you are a wife, a mother, etc., etc. And because of the nature of my work, because I work directly in my coaching, my mentoring with people, there's so many people literally that have access to me. So people are thinking, ah, she's extremely busy. Oh, I can't disturb. I'm like, disturb me, oh, disturb me, oh, because I'm not busy. And the reason, the reason why I can say that and I'm not lying and it's the truth is because of what I'm going to talk about today. And it's not something that I started doing in recent years. It's something intuitively that I've actually done for many, many years 
maybe actually i think this is where it came from when i was a teacher because i i was a teacher for about 14 there about years one of the very first things that i learned about teaching was because it's such a high stress high pressure profession i mean you just go 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 and thank goodness in the uk i don't know how it is in other countries but in the united kingdom you get exactly the same amount of holidays that the kids get so every six weeks in the uk you take at least a week off and then you have the longer holidays at Christmas, Easter, and in the summer. So I basically, let's say school starts in September and it's go, 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 go. You're you teaching, you're preparing lessons, you're marking. And then when leadership responsibilities now came on top of that, literally from dawn to dusk, you're working, working, working. And then everybody will start looking forward to the half term that is coming in October. And during half term, you just basically zone out and you relax and you chill and you rejuvenate, etc. And then you come back after the holidays over refreshed and that was actually where i learned this principle of ah you can't just be going 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 like that you have to have dedicated times and seasons where you refresh yourself spiritually mentally emotionally and physically so today episode 159 i'm going to be talking about the sabbath <laughs> i'm going to be talking about the sabbath and why why god deemed it so important that he made it a commandment he made sabbath eh? a commandment why did god make rest because sabbath actually means rest why did god make rest a commandment so first of all let's look at what the sabbath is okay so i'm going to build up going into the scripture to build up the case for why god actually did that then after that i'm going to look at the benefits of the sabbath then i'll talk about how you can create your own sabbath and finally from my own life i'll give you an example of how i do my own sabbath it's evolved over the years but this way i've done it for probably at least 10 to 15 years a long 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 time and it has really worked for me so hopefully it will work for you as well first of all the sabbath is not your daily sleep because people say, hey, but I sleep now. I sleep, what, five, six, seven hours a night? And that's me taking rest. No, no, that's not the Sabbath. That's just, <laughs> that's just your biological clock. God said, okay, where the night has nighted. <laughs> okay, bad grammar. Bad grammar. That word doesn't even exist. Forgive me. When night has come, okay, your body is meant to shut down for a bit and then you get rejuvenated and you get up in the morning. So the Sabbath is not your daily sleep. Although daily sleep can be accounted as a form of Sabbath, but saying, oh, but I sleep every night. That means me. I'm taking my Sabbath. No, that's not it. Secondly, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Shabbat. Okay. And it means literally to rest. So Shabbat is actually what we should be saying it, but the English version is Sabbath, which I'm going to stick to. It means to rest. The second thing, however, is Sabbath even though it means to rest, is much more, way much more than taking physical rest. So it's not just about taking physical rest. All right. So two things that I wanted to start with that Sabbath is not. Sabbath is not your daily sleep. And definitely Sabbath is not just about resting your body. So let's look at the origin of Shabbat or Sabbath. Where did it come from? Where did God actually introduce it to the Jewish people? The first glimpse that we have of Sabbath is in Genesis. After God had finished the work of creation, so he created everything in six days. In Genesis 2, 3, the Bible says, that God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. 
He made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So he says that God blessed it. So meaning there's a blessing that resides in taking the Sabbath. You can already see that if you only need one reason for you to create your Sabbath, as we're going to talk about today, that is definitely a good enough reason. There's a blessing that is locked into something called the Sabbath. So every time you engage in a Sabbath, the blessing of the Lord sits upon your life. Then it says that God made it holy. So he consecrated it. He consecrated it. How did God make it holy? How did God consecrate it? He said, because he rested from all his work of creation that he had done. So making the Sabbath holy or observing the Sabbath is equivalent to observing rest. But remember, I just told you that it is more than observing physical rest. The next time we see God talk about the Sabbath is in Exodus 16. So the children of Israel had just been delivered from the hand of Pharaoh and God had brought them into the wilderness. And in order to feed them, he started to give them the fruit of angels, which is called manna. So daily they would go out and all this food would be there for them waiting. They would collect it, go into their huts or tents or whatever, and then they would cook it. But then in Exodus 16, God then now declared to the Israelites that the next day, which would be the seventh day, would be a Sabbath day. And they were to gather manna enough for two days in advance in order to prepare for a day of rest. So I'm going to read to you from that scripture. It says, God said to them, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God basically gave them that instruction that collect double O, okay? Collect twice as much so you don't need to go out. You don't need to go out and collect on the seventh day so that you can rest on the seventh day. But of course now, my favorite people in the whole Bible, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they disobeyed. Some of them went out and they went to collect the manna. And in fact, the manna was not dead. There was nothing. They didn't find anything because God had told them that is not coming okay collect for two days and god was angry with that it's interesting that something that may look so frivolous and simple like why is he angry but the truth is the anger of god was reflective of the fact that he took this thing so seriously okay he took it very seriously he was like this thing is important and it's not for my own sake the laws that i'm giving you the instructions are actually for your own prosperity and god was angry with them then in exodus 20 god then now made it a commandment it was no longer just a one-off instruction it was now a commandment and he put it in the 10 commandments he said remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy in exodus 28 then again so i'm laying out all the steps in order to build the foundation of how god actually sees the sabbath and how he introduced it into the lives of the jewish people in exodus 34 21 god took it a step further he added this to it he said now this is why i'm coming for some of you that are listening to me hmm you will soon hear it. It says, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. We already know that. He now said, 
even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. So some of us will say, ah, but it's just so busy. This year has just been so busy. Okay, we're going through 11 plus. We're going through this one. The child is going through this one, the etc. You know, I've just taken up this new role at work. God said, even during the plowing season and the harvest season, which basically were the busiest seasons of their lives, the busiest seasons of the year, said even during the plowing and the harvest season, you must rest. Meaning you still are required to observe rest in your busiest seasons. It is not an excuse for you to say that, ah, I, there's just no time. It's just so busy at work. It's just so busy at work. So I'm just going to go, 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 go. No, what is waiting for you at the end of that? God forbid. What is waiting for the person at the end of that is burnout. Is burnout where everything now shuts down. You now need to take two or three weeks off. Do you see what I mean? God said you must still rest. You must still rest. And then finally in the New Testament. So Sabbath is not an Old Testament thing. Because it preceded the law. Okay. Before God. I showed you this just now. Before God ever introduced it into the Ten Commandments and the law. Sabbath was already incorporated. It was already an instruction that he gave. Okay, so it's not an quote-unquote Old Testament thing. In the New Testament, Jesus did not condemn the Sabbath. In fact, he took the revelation of the Sabbath to another level. Now, how did Jesus do this? <laughs> See, the Pharisees basically had made up their own rules. So God basically told them rest. They now took it a million times further and said, you cannot even lift up a cup to drink water or something. I said, so many ridiculous rules that were man-made that they used to oppress people and so of course jesus really got on their nerves jesus annoyed these guys because he kept doing things that were according to them were breaking the law and were non-traditional so for example he picked heads of grain for his disciples they were going through a field of grains and the disciples were hungry and they literally picked the heads of grains dropped together and they were able to eat it the pharisees saw them doing that and said yeah you're doing that on the sabbath you're not supposed to do that on the sabbath and jesus was like ah, but we are hungry now we're hungry now, but there's food right here. Why shouldn't I use my hand to be able to take food and put it in my mouth? As in, that was how ridiculous the rules that the Pharisees ha had come up with in order to basically just oppress people. Their own motivation was different from God's motivation. He also healed people on the Sabbath and they went livid. They saw red, like, how dare you heal on the Sabbath? In fact, one that really touches me so much was a woman that was bent over. The, man, the Bible says, I can't remember how many years she had been bent over for. Said she had not been able to look up, look at the sun for how many years. And Jesus healed this woman. And the Pharisees were complaining. They were even harassing the woman and shouting at her and saying, there are six days to get healed. Come on those six days. How dare you come on the seventh day to get healed, etc. And Jesus said, how dare you not have compassion for this daughter of Abraham that had been oppressed by Satan all these years? So Jesus now clarified, he brought a deeper revelation of what the Sabbath was to the Jewish people. And he said that number one, it is lawful to do good on Sabbath. If anything is going to result in the good of humanity, then it is not against the law because they had literally just twisted all the laws. And more importantly, he now said to them in Mark 2 27, the Sabbath 
this instruction, in fact, this commandment from God to rest was not made to oppress man. It was not a commandment for the sake of commandment. It was not just because God felt like, do what I say, do what I say, do what I say. No, it was not to oppress man, but on the contrary, the Sabbath was created to bless man. It was a gift from God for humanity. And he said in Mark 2, 27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the thing that had actually been created to serve man, the Pharisees had turned it into the oppressor of man. And God said, you guys have it twisted. You guys have it twisted. Okay. So I've basically given you examples all over scripture, starting from Genesis all the way to the time of Jesus, where the Sabbath is laid out in scripture. And we can then now move on to what exactly is the Sabbath? If it's not just physical rest, if it's not sleep. So the way that I understand the Sabbath, okay, is Sabbath is entering into spiritual mental and physical rest in God. So consecrating a certain amount of time where you allow yourself to receive physical, mental, and spiritual rest. When you look at it this way, then you will know that the Sabbath is actually a gift. It is a blessing from God to humanity. What does that mean? It means that the time that you spend in God's presence being refreshed and reinvigorated is your Sabbath. The time that you dedicate to resting your physical body is Sabbath. The time you spend enjoying the beauty of life, the blessings of God in your life, and all that life has to offer and resting from mental exertion is Sabbath. So it is spirit, soul, and body. But all those three things, receiving rest in all those three things is anchored in God. When you do it from the place of this is God's blessing to me. And every time I do it, every time I follow this instruction, God has commanded a blessing to rest on my life. Then that is what the Sabbath is. Okay. So what should happen during a time of Sabbath? There are three distinct things. Remember, we talked about spiritual and body. So there are three distinct things that you should plan into your time of Sabbath. So that is why I said in the beginning, if you say, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. That's good. It's part of it, but it is not conclusive. There are three things that you should do that you should plan to do during a time or a period of Sabbath. The first one definitely is it is a time to rest from your physical labor or from your work, from your work. So if you think about whatever you do with your hands, your career, your business, etc., it is definitely a time to put away that laptop. It is a time to remove those emails from in front of you. It is a time to not think about that report that you need to submit. Do you see what I mean? So it is a definite time from your physical labor, from anything that you're doing with the work of your hands. God set us this example when he worked for six days and then he rested from his labor on the seventh day. Now, Jesus said something. He said that the Gentiles are running after, hustling after, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we do this? Right? And Jesus said, don't be like them. 
trust in your father and part of the reason why you rest from your physical labor on the day of your sabbath or during the period of your sabbath is you're also reaffirming that god is my source because the reason what drives people to actually work 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 and they can't step away even for even for half an hour on Sunday, they're working on Saturday. They're working Friday night. They're working Monday as in every time, not, not they work way beyond the hours they are contracted to no, nothing wrong with that. But in the midst of all that, you should step away. You should be able to step away because if you don't do that, then you are literally, it's very easy to get into that frame of mind that it is what I'm putting in that is guaranteeing my success. But when you take time out and you observe a Sabbath and you say, for whatever, whether it is Saturday, whether it's Friday night, whatever your Sabbath is, and you say, I'm not even going to look at one email. It doesn't mean you're not being diligent. But by consecrating that time and saying, I'm going to rest from my labor and I'm observing the Sabbath, what you're saying is my trust is not in the work that I'm putting in. My trust is in the God that gives promotion. My trust is in the God that commands a blessing to sit upon my life in order to multiply the work of my hands. So it's important for us to have assigned times, not randomly, not let me take a five minute break during the day. That's not what the Sabbath is all. All right. It is an extended period of time. And I'm going to share an example of my own Sabbath with you at the end of this. Okay. The time away from work and even science has proven this. That time away from work will give you mental, physical, emotional break from the stress and it will give you a fresh new perspective. It will give you renewed energy and it will make you more effective. So it is necessary, all right, for us to do that. So the first one, if you say I'm observing a Sabbath, it must include rest from your physical work. Rest from your physical. That does not necessarily include, okay, I want to cook for my family. Okay, I know that the Jewish Sabbath is very strict. So I think you can't even cook. So you need to have cooked in advance on that in the new Testament. This is how I understand it. So it doesn't need to be that stringent. So if you say spending Sabbath enjoying time with my family, we want to eat together and it will require cooking, especially if you enjoy cooking. Why not? Do you see? But definitely from anything that is, you say, I do this in exchange for money. You must rest from that. The second one is what happens during your Sabbath. It is a time to be refilled spiritually in God's presence. So whatever time you dedicate as your Sabbath must involve some kind of spiritual activity. A Sabbath is not you saying, I'm taking the day off and then I will sleep. For 10, 12 hours straight, don't anybody speak to me. Oh, please talk to God in those 12 hours. It must involve some form of spirituality. It must involve some form of you going into the presence of God and being refreshed, being filled up again. And that's why it, your Sabbath needs to be a regular thing, not once every six months. You can do extended ones and I'll talk about what I do. So I actually take retreats, personal retreats where I get away. And that's part of my Sabbath practice. But I also have a weekly Sabbath. So it has to be regular. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20, Paul writing to the Ephesian church says, See then that you walk circumspectly wisely, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time. So a Sabbath actually allows you to redeem your time, to get your time back. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine 
or do not be drunk with the worries, the cares of the soul. Literally talking about wine, but we, we can infer from that other things. Like, do not be drunk with the worries of this world. Do not be drunk with work. Do not be drunk with your responsibilities as a wife, as a parent, as this, as a daughter, as a CEO, as a church member, whatever it is. He said, don't be drunk with all these things, but be filled be filled regularly, expose yourself to an infilling of the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hills and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks, etc. So you should dedicate seasons of infilling. That's what your Sabbath is. That's what your Sabbath is. So in a way, in a sense, the same way I said, your physical sleep at night can count as Sabbath, but you cannot say that is a Sabbath, all right? It can count towards your Sabbath. In the same way, your prayer time in the morning, like you wake up in the morning and you go into God's presence, you sing, you worship, you study the Bible, you pray in tongues, you are refreshed, God speaks to you, etc. That can count as part of your Sabbath, but you should still have a dedicated time where you are doing all these things that I'm talking about. So that's the second one. A Sabbath must include some form of spiritual infilling, spiritual rejuvenation. And of course, the third one relates to your soul. It is a time to be refreshed in your soul. All those things that had plagued your mind that you had been worried about all week. It is time to just take it and say, listen, I'm just going to put all these things aside and enjoy what God has already given me. I'm going to enjoy, take a moment to be present and enjoy the blessings of God in my life, such as your family. I'm going to cast all my cares upon God. I'm going to remind myself that he's my provider. He's my source. I'm going to receive joy and peace in my soul again. Do you see what I mean? So it must involve that as well. So it's spirit, soul, and body. That is what should be taking place in your Sabbath. Let me move on now to how do you actually create a Sabbath? First thing I'm going to say before I even go on to how you create one is it should be something that is regular, if possible, every week. You should have a Sabbath day or period every week. It could be an entire day or it could be a portion of a day. But importantly, it should be regular. Don't go eight months, nine months. Even some people go 12 months before they have this kind of, let me just chill, let me just step back. Let me just take an extended time to seek God, to rest my soul, to rest physically. Because for one, your body is going to come back and collect. You cannot cheat the body and you can't cheat the mind either. After a while, like brain fog sets in. You can't even think straight. Recently, I experienced brain fog. When people talk about brain, I experienced it too. So I traveled for work. I went to the United States for work and my schedule was like packed, like back to back, back to back, back to get back. And it was for a short period of time. And I remember that at a point, at a point in that season, in that period of time, I experienced what is called brain fog. And it's like, you are, you are awake or you are present, but it's like your, <laughs> your brain cannot even calculate again. Ah, it had entered into the law of diminishing returns. And I realized that, ah, so this is what people mean by brain fog. So mentally, you can enter into brain fog as well. So it is really very necessary. Make sure that it is regular, okay? You can definitely do every week. Every week is not too much. You don't have to start with the whole day, like taking one day in seven. You can start with three hours a week on a particular day. So how do you create a Sabbath? Number one, 
choose the day of your week that you want to have your Sabbath in advance. So schedule it in advance. Schedule it in advance. What doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. If you say, oh, I'm just going to have my Sabbath at some point this week, especially if you're someone whose life is very full and you're very busy, I promise you that it will not happen. So number one is to schedule it in advance. And what does that mean? Choose a day of the week where you're going to have your Sabbath, where you know you're going to take time out to be refreshed. How? Spiritually, physically, and mentally. And in that time, remember, because it's your Sabbath, you try to do away with or minimize anything that will drain you spiritually, physically, or mentally. So it's a time where you're like, okay, I'm not going to do any sort of overtly tasking things mentally. I'm not going to do anything that will wear me out or drain me physically. And I'm not even going to maybe even say, oh, I'm going to do a Sabbath and then I'm going to go and lead a prayer meeting. That's not a Sabbath because you're given. It's a time for you to receive. Okay, so you do away with anything that would drain you spiritually, physically, mentally. You find a day, choose a day in advance. So it doesn't, I should say this as well. The next thing actually is for you to be flexible. Okay, this is still under the first one, which is scheduling it in. As you schedule it in, be flexible because you could say, oh, it's going to be Sunday for me this week. And you're able to maintain that for a few weeks. And then something comes into your life where your Sundays are going to be occupied. You can move it to Saturday or move it to a few hours on Friday, whatever it is. So be flexible about when it happens and also about what you do or what happens during your Sabbath. Be flexible about that as well. The second thing is to do your best to prepare in advance. Preparation is what guarantees that it will happen. So what does that mean? It means that try your best to take care of important things that you need to do before your Sabbath day or your Sabbath period so that you can truly, truly rest. If, for example, you know that you have this massive project coming up and while you're quote-unquote doing Sabbath, your mind is going to be working overload and thinking about that, it's probably not the best time to do it. So you may want to postpone your Sabbath and put it maybe on the next day after you've done a significant portion of what needs to be done for that project and then you can really truly re relax, both spiritually, mentally and physically. So do your best to prepare in advance. And the third way to create a Sabbath is to commit to it and be present. There's no point... I just gave an example saying, oh, I'm going to spend six hours on Sunday and that's going to be my Sabbath. But every now and then you sneak and you carry your phone and you check the email and try and respond to emails. There's no point. Who is fooling who? Remember, this is not a market register with God. God created the Sabbath for you. So if you're going to do it, might as well do it well. You might as well lean into it and get the full benefit of doing it. So what you choose to do on your Sabbath is ultimately up to you. Some people find cooking so refreshing and invigorating. I can't understand the sha. Me or never. I don't understand. Cooking for me. But, you know, some people find it really relaxing. So you might decide that part of my Sabbath, I'm just going to cook. It, it is not. Remember, in the New Testament, it is not about a bunch of rules and laws that the Pharisees tried to come up with. Because all those things ended up being a bondage to them. The Sabbath was not created to oppress you. The Sabbath was created to be a blessing to you. So you decide what you want to do. Even if, for example, part of the Sabbath is say, I'm going to spend time with my family. But something that you and your family enjoy doing could be maybe hiking. 
and I chose hiking specifically because it's a physically demanding activity. Now, if you go the traditional, no, you must do no work, you must not exert yourself physically during your Sabbath, then you will not be able to do that. However, you can still put that in because it's going to be satisfying the soul part of it where you get actually to spend time with your family doing something you both enjoy. Now, you, what you probably then want to do to satisfy the physical rest aspect of your Sabbath is if your Sabbath is for the whole day, you might go hiking for one or two hours and still have time to rest physically. So it's entirely up to you. But probably the most important thing to remember in all of this is anytime you take a Sabbath, make sure it is rooted and anchored in the promise of God. God said that he blessed the Sabbath and there's a blessing that comes upon those that observe the Sabbath, upon those that follow that instruction there's a blessing in it apart from the physical the ones i've just I'm, I'm going to read out some of the benefits of keeping the sabbath in a moment apart from all of that there's a blessing that rests upon you why because you're doing something that god has instructed us to do and like i said this is not a ten commandments thing the sabbath preceded the law that means that if you're saying abraham's blessings are mine that's because the blessings of Abraham preceded the law, isn't it? So you should be saying also, I will observe the Sabbath. Why? Because it preceded the law. Find your rest in God. Find your rest in God. That's why it is spiritual, it is mental, and it is also physical. So what are the benefits of keeping the Sabbath? And I'll just read out some of the ones that I've observed in my own life and also researched into. The first one, as the Bible says, is it says when you keep the Sabbath holy, you are actually honoring God. And there's a reward for honoring God. That's probably the most important benefit of keeping the Sabbath. There's a blessing that sits upon keeping the Sabbath. The second benefit of keeping the Sabbath is, of course, a healthier body. A healthier body. Rest, physical, mental, and spiritual rest is as essential to our physical health as the water we drink and the air we breathe. Honestly, okay, the physical body ha is, is like a bank. He knows how to, <laughs> he knows how to come back up. It, once he goes in, he will be looking at you like, hmm, okay, negative one. Okay, no problem. Oh, negative ten. Okay, let's see. By the time you are entering into certain deficits, you will just, I mean, you say, let me just lie down for two seconds before my meeting. You will wake up the next morning. <laughs> You're like, eh, what happened? I missed, you know, I said for six hours, your body will collect it back. God, in fact, has mandated your body to collect back anything you are owing it. But if you do it on purpose and you do it regularly, definitely you're going to end up with a healthier body. Number three is less stress. Taking a Sabbath, remember it is spiritual, emotional, or mental, and physical rest. You'll be less stressed. All the worries you would have presented is going to say, listen, God, I cast my care in this area unto you, and I enter into rest emotionally regarding this matter. So definitely your life will be less stressed. The next one is you have deeper spirituality. Because prioritizing your time of rest in God's presence will automatically deepen your relationship with God. The next one is deeper relationships. If you set aside a day a week for rest, it allows your relationships with the people that matter to you to deepen and to be strengthened. 
You are able to enjoy each other's company. You are relaxed. You can have healthy conversations that is not just centered around who is going to pick Junior up. Okay, who is driving Junior to football? Who is it? No, no, like just this. No, there's no head. There's no tail to the this. It's just normal everyday this, and you're just enjoying each other's company. It is not about okay, what did you get at school? Okay, let's do your homework. Just relaxed, enjoyable gist and whatever else activities that you love doing as a family. The next one is the opportunity for reflection. The opportunity for reflection. This is so important because we live in an age now where honestly, it is so difficult for us to be silent, to be along with our own thoughts, to sit down and reflect. Because we're so used to every two seconds, you pick up the phone. Every two seconds, you open this one and start watching. So you need time to actually just be silent and to reflect and to think. Okay. Concentrated rest allows you to take a step back to evaluate your day, your week, your year, evaluate your life, whatever. And be able to look at, okay, maybe I should have done that better. Oh, these are the things that happened that I'm truly grateful for and so on. The next one is it brings balance into your life. Balance. Taking one day of your week and dedicating it to rest or to your Sabbath will force you. This is especially for people that are so career driven. I'm ambitious. I'm quite career driven, but I don't allow my work to define me. It doesn't define my identity. And you have to really question if you struggle so hard to take any kind of time away from your work, you have to really question and say, okay, what I really wanted to say, go for Bido. If that work should go today, if that job should suddenly go, who would that person become? We have to ask ourselves these kind of, you know, hard questions. You say, oh, I'm just so driven. I'm just so committed to this thing. If that thing goes today, your life will still be present or you still have your life. You still have your family. But if that job suddenly goes today, who will you become? So it brings balance into your life. The discipline to be able to say, listen, I'm going to step back. I'm going to take one day where I don't open one email. You have six days to do all of that. I'm not even going to look at any email. I'm going to switch my work phone off. Taking one day of your week and dedicating it to rest will force you to have an identity outside of your career. It will encourage you to explore interests, hobbies, activities outside of your work. And the last one is increased productivity. It may actually be counterintuitive to say, oh, you're so busy that you need to take a day off. But it's actually a valid strategy to increase your effectiveness and your productivity. Creating time to be refreshed in God's presence, to rest your mind and to rest your body will give you an opportunity to refocus, to rejuvenate. And of course, that's going to lead to greater effectiveness, greater productivity. So I'm going to finish off by sharing my own Sabbath experience with you. So do I have a Sabbath day in my schedule? How do I create space for it? And what does it look like? Okay, so first thing, I'm just going to read it out in a few points. The first point is I've practiced the Sabbath for years. I mentioned that already, at least 10 years. From what I can remember, at least 10 years. Number two, my Sabbath is on Sunday. So Sunday is my own personal Sabbath day. The actual Sabbath, according to scripture, is actually Saturday. Okay. 
<laughs> it's Saturday. I think it is sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. So it takes up most of Saturday. But my own personal Sabbath is Sundays. Number three, what do I do? I try my best to protect it. But again, in terms of being flexible, I sometimes make exceptions. So I protect it in the sense that I'm not going to do anything that's going to drain me physically. I'm not going to do anything that's going to drain me excessively mentally. And I'm not going to do anything that's going to drain me too much spiritually. Of course, there are exceptions. For example, there'll be times when I'll be called to preach a sermon or in my work as a coach. I may be required to do a masterclass, do a training, or maybe lead a prayer meeting or do a group meeting or whatever. And the important thing is I try to make these exceptions, all right? Not the norm. If it is the norm, I keep it to maybe one Sunday per month and I restrict it to at the most an hour or an hour and a half of my Sunday. Okay. And the next thing is, so what do I actually do in terms of physically, mentally, and spiritually to recharge myself on my sabbath the first one spiritually so remember the sabbath is not necessarily okay i do my quiet time i do my prayer time every day that's separate all right i'm talking about specifically on this day that i've called my sabbath how do i get rejuvenated spiritually for me it is going to church it is going to church. So I go to church. I get to hang out with other Christians. There's a, do you know that there's a rejuvenating factor that comes with that physically hanging out with other Christians? The Bible talks about that. So I get to go to church, hang out with other Christians, receive the word of God, spend time in praise and worship. All of these things actually get me recharged spiritually. Physically, I rest. I rest. So I'm not going to do anything that's going to drain me physically on the Sunday. So we go to church early in the morning, come back after church, and then I would cook for my family. Okay. So I cook for my, that's probably the only real proper work that I would do physically. So I'll cook. This might take me an hour or two hours or whatever it is immediately after church, but I'll cook, but that's it. That's it in terms of any kind of physical, in terms of exerting myself physically. That's all I do. So I make sure that I rest physically on the Sunday. I may take a nap, but I'm really not an afternoon nap person. So it's quite rare, but sometimes I do. And in terms of my soul, receiving refreshment in my soul, this is by spending quality time with my family. Sundays are when we just chill and we hang out together and it's always so enriching. Even if I was really stressed the week before, which is rare, but if I was, I look forward to my Sunday just to relax, just to chill. And what do we do? We eat together. We talk. We watch a family movie together and we just laugh and we just just. Okay, so these are the kinds of things I would do. I'll just add something here in terms of how you can personalize your own Sabbath. My husband, for example, as well as everything I've just talked about on Sundays, he also likes to talk with people over the phone. So he will catch up. You spend probably about an hour or so catching up with different people, whether it's friends, whether it is people in church over the phone. For me, that would be super draining and I would never put that regularly into my Sabbath. That's just the truth. But for him, he enjoys it and it's actually invigorating for him because he's an extrovert. He likes to always be talking to people. <laughs> Okay. He's an extrovert. He finds it invigorating. So that's why I said you, you can design your own Sabbath. As long as, remember, Jesus said the Sabbath 
was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Meaning you designed the Sabbath in a way that at the end of that period, you come out and like, wow, I'm refreshed spiritually. I'm refreshed mentally, emotionally. I'm refreshed physically. Glory be to God. And on top of that, the blessing of the Lord then now sits upon your life. So that's what my Sabbath looks like. And then in addition to my weekly Sabbath, every quarter I try, in fact, it happens. It's very rare that it doesn't happen. I schedule about three days where I go away by myself to a location, to a hotel. Usually I go to a hotel, a nice hotel, and I just literally just veg out. <laughs> I study my Bible at length before it might be okay as part of my daily devotional or whatever it is. But this one, because it's just me, I don't really have, I'm not working. So of course I don't work during those three days. I may check in with my team every now and then I make sure that anything that I need to do would have any major thing that I need to do would have been done either before or pushed till after my retreat. I will spend extended periods reading the Bible, worshiping, praying, and I would also do things that will refresh me in my soul. I will go for beautiful walks as an example, even watch a movie. It is, does not have to be religious. It does not have to be religious. It doesn't have to be religion. Of course, I rest physically as well. So that is something that I've been practicing for many, many, many years. And I can definitely say it is a reason why I just can't really say that I'm drained. If I said that, I would be lying. I would like, I'm just overwhelmed. I just feel drained all the time. I don't remember the last time, honestly, that I felt like that. If I'm overwhelmed, it's usually mentally if i refuse to let something go and i refuse to cast my care upon god in a particular area of my life and then i i hold on to that thing for so long that it now begins to grind me down emotionally physically spiritually those are the only times that i get overwhelmed and i know that ah you may have been taking sabbath but even during your sabbath you were ruminating on that thing and i quickly made the adjustment but honestly it's these things are rare for me and it's because i have been very diligent in practicing my Sabbath. So I hope that is an encouragement to you. If you do not yet have a Sabbath that you practice regularly to think about designing that for, I mean, 2023 is coming. You can say this is my resolution for 2023 that I'm going to plan it into my year and take one day a week where I'm certainly going to do this. All right. This is Allow Me Brigway and I'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.